Welcome to Lessons for Leaders. This week I'm asking who do you go to for support? It's a question I've been asking lots of people recently since we've been restricted with our support networks with lockdown and working from home. But when we have people we can talk to and reach out to, it lessens the load of what we're going through. It boosts our mood and feel-good chemicals. So this week, I'm sharing how I get people on all my workshops to think about support networks differently, how support has benefited me personally, so that you get a feel for how it works in real life, and how you can think about the gaps in your network. So join me on today's episode. So welcome to Lessons for Leaders. Each week I bring you lessons, learnings, tips and advice to enable you to lead with ease in business without the stressed out and overwhelm so that I help you increase your performance, be resilient and thrive in life. I'm Emma Langton, your host, leadership coach and workplace trainer, helping you and your workforce increase that performance, improve well-being, and make the impact that you want in the world. Now, recently, I've been working with organisations and individual leaders and managers to help them to be able to become more focused, less stressed, and have a wider impact on both their personal well-being and that of their teams. You know, I worked with Kate, who's a director, and she said I enlisted Emma's help as I was stressed, overwhelmed and struggling with my own work-life balance. I felt like I was constantly firefighting and both home and work life were suffering as a result. Emma's one-to-one coaching program was a breath of fresh air and clarity. No unrealistic goal setting, just simple, straight-talking advice that made sense. Emma has armed me with tools and techniques to focus, work more effectively, prioritise and let go of the crap. It's always good to let go of the crap, isn't it? So if you want this for your teams or for you as an individual or for your managers and leaders, because they have been dealing with such a lot over this last year, then please do get in touch with me. I'm happy to talk to you about what the different options are and what we can put in place to support your individuals and your teams. If you're not ready to do that yet, then you can get onto my newsletter. Again, link in the show notes and information on my website at emmalankton.com. The newsletter sends out tips, information, statistics, the latest reports and the current organisational trends that are happening right now so that you don't have to dig around for it. It comes out monthly so you can guarantee that I won't be spamming you. And finally, a request from me that if you haven't hit the subscribe button or left a review for me, then please do go and find the little button and leave a review. Let me know your key thoughts and your takeaways and what you value most from the podcast. If you hit subscribe, it makes sure that you never miss another episode. So welcome back listeners and as mentioned, I'm talking to you today about your support network. When we have people that are in our network, they might look different. We might go to different people for different types of support, as I'm going to explain to you some more today. But when we have that 
support network, it's much easier to feel supported. <laughs> a bit of a no-brainer there, isn't it, really? Um, but so that we can get through difficult times, so that we have got different people that we can talk to, so that we don't feel so alone. You know, the dictionary definition of a support network is a group of people who provide emotional and practical help to someone in serious difficulty. Now, I don't believe that the people have to be in serious difficulty. I believe it's important to have a support network at all times, regardless of what kind of state of play your life is in and regardless of the situation that you are in. And I absolutely believe that we need to make sure that we've got a support network around us before we get to any level of difficulty. Because by the time we get to that, we're really not going to have headspace or capability to find people in that support network. That's like, you know, kind of reaching out right at very last minute. And that's not a good plan at all. This is why I'm talking about strengthening your support network now and looking at where you've got the gaps. Okay. Now, when we went through the adoption process, oh God, they ask you all blooming sorts. However, one of the things that they ask is who is in your support network and you need to fill out a little grid of people. And we had to detail. And at that time, it was something that I'd not thought of before. I think, you know, being um, much younger, much more sociable, much more, um, you know, you go out and about more. We were obviously, we were all in the workplace and, um, we, well, I kind of just had, well, just had mates and family and people that I would talk to. So, you know, a good 16 odd years ago, I had friends, family, boss, mentor at work. I no, not everybody has such a great relationship, perhaps with that, you know, with parents or certain um, role models, if you like, around them. But my mum was a phenomenal listener. You know, she was really interested in what you had to say. She didn't talk over the top or she didn't dismiss things. And then she nearly always had a little story to tell you about something that happened to her or something that she'd seen or learned or experienced that made it relatable to whatever it was that you were talking to her about so that it felt like it wasn't just you that this thing had happened to. And that's the big point of the support network. There are several key things in there. Being a phenomenal listener, being really interested, not dismissing any of your thoughts and feelings, worries and concerns and making sure that you don't feel alone. So often when we talk to people and we go, yeah, that happens to me too, or I feel like that sometimes, that's the value of support. Now, adoption and traumatised kids is another world entirely. What a minefield. It, there was so much unknown. There was bizarre behaviours. There was difficulty that we'd never imagined. There were struggles to go to school. And that level of support that was needed at that time you know, actually, for all that social workers got us to write down who was in our support network, there wasn't another adopter in that network. There wasn't another adoptive parent. There wasn't another parent with who had experienced the things that we were experiencing and living through. And that's where we had a gap in our support network. And at that time, there was nothing around and nothing available. 
So that's why I set up my own adoption support group with the help of Adoption UK back in it and, well, between you and me, paying for the room, thank, thankfully. Um, I did that as a volunteer, but it was phenomenal. Um, and I ran it for eight years. And not only did it, possibly rather selfishly, give me some of the support, but what I wanted to provide for people was signposting, was networking, was support to be able to find out about things so that it wasn't as difficult as I'd found it. Um, now, I didn't do it right at the very beginning of having the kids because we need we were we did, we needed settling in time, and I really didn't have headspace and capacity to do that. So I'm not saying that this is something that you you know if you're going through a really difficult time with something in particular that you that oh Emma said you know I should go and do my own support network around this. No, you don't need to add more pressure to what you're doing, but sometimes. If the thing that you need isn't there, you need to look for it and look a bit harder to find it or perhaps set it up yourself. Similarly, I mean, maybe I am a person that just brings people together as well anyway. But so similarly, when I then later trained um, as a hypnotherapist initially and then went on with my NLP and then the coaching and the well-being that I do now, when I trained in hypnotherapy, although again, this might seem slightly selfish, the reason that I set up the hypnotherapy peer group was that part of the requirement of a practicing hypnotherapist is that you have regular supervision. Now that can be one-to-one supervision or peer supervision. And I absolutely advocate people getting supervision. It's not just about what it is that you are doing um, can you know, kind of in the job or with your clients or, or with your people, but it's very much supervision on a therapeutic level and is coming through much more in organizations as well now. Supervision is as much about your own well being and looking after you, so it's really valuable. Once again, there was nothing in the area, so I set something up. Um, so I really understand the value of support. And today I want you to think about who's in your support network and where the gaps are. When I deliver my training on resilience, mental health and challenging conversations, all of them have a section about your support network. Because when we have people we can talk to, people that we can reach out to for support, it lessens that load of what we are going through. Just like I did with the adoption support group. You don't have to explain everything people just get it because they're living it they're breathing it or they've experienced it in some shape or form so they don't ask questions they just they kind of just know where you're at and it might be in these sections that I'm going to mention that you could think about with kind of you know support network type groupings it might be that these are there's still suggestions but as you listen that you think about where you have gaps you might want to pick an area and think yes I need to find someone or something that will support me in that particular area so as I said when I talk about it in training you know one of the first places that I say is in family do you need to take time to reconnect or meet up with someone or different people in your family whose company you enjoy or whose opinion you value or who just gives you good, uplifting, encouraging, supportive vibes when you spend time with them. 
Because if you've been missing that, and sometimes it's easy to get out of the habit of doing things. It's easy to, you know, to just, you know, stay in, no makeup. That includes you guys that are listening, you know. I know you're sat there with no makeup on. <laughs> Don't write in about that one. Um, is it, You're just sat there in your pyjamas and your t-shirts and slobbing around and you can't be bothered to go out or you can't be bothered to do the effort or meet people for a walk. It's easy to get out of the habit. I totally, totally get that. But then it's looking at the balance of what is it that you need and where are the gaps and what's missing. Friendship support networks might be similar to to family ones. You know, we spend so much time on our own, not going out, not seeing people. And even on Zoom, it's a bit more intense and a bit less relaxed because you can't have those aside conversations because you can't basically hear what anybody's saying. You... um, it's very intense with sort of everybody's faces all on screen. You have to listen a bit harder. You know, you can't... It's just it's just more intense, isn't it, online? So, you know, maybe, again, do you need to plan some things in? It's easy to let things slide when they don't happen, but can also be really welcoming when somebody reaches out and it does happen. Have you got gaps with colleagues or co-workers? Once again, we've been disconnected from work people. And whether you're missing the quick chat in the kitchen with people when you used to make the cup of tea or some fun and comments or even ribbing about sport and whatever the sport result was at the weekend, we've missed some of that. Whether you've been missing conversations with your boss or your teammates, you know, we create connections and we feel part of something together. And all of this stems from our tribal days. And with people at work too, they get what you're talking about or the struggle that you're having without needing to explain too much because they're in that similar environment with you. Do you need to connect and build support with managers or other leaders because often they can be supportive for developmental reasons or a mentoring type capacity. Speaking of mentoring, is it mentoring that you need or is it coaching? Mentoring is the relationship between two colleagues and I often get asked this and people do get mentoring and coaching confused. So mentoring is the relationship between two colleagues where generally one is more experienced colleague than the other and has maybe sort of greater knowledge, greater understanding and can share experiences, tips, tricks and and valuable information to support the development of another. Coaching, on the other hand, true coaching... Coaching can be particularly powerful when used to solve kind of um, emotional or behavioural or management type issues. Um, Coaching, a coach doesn't have to have any particular knowledge about your job or situation. Sometimes, obviously, it can help. So, for example, I have a lot of knowledge about, you know, your mental well-being and your leadership skills and resilience and things about work-life balance and boundaries and then the neuroscience bit about how people function and how your brain works and all of that stuff and then but that's not an industry specific and then I have people from different industries come to me for coaching individual and group coaching because the subject is around like leadership development mental and well-being 
okay? But a coach would usually have be much more about asking questions of that person and then having them think about things differently and exploring different ways or exploring different circumstances, okay? So there are times, obviously, when I'm coaching people that I am jumping into that mentoring sort of capacity, really, to mentor them about specific leadership skills or about, you know, stress or mental well-being or resilience, if you see what I mean. So often they can be quite blended, but mentoring can also be a standalone as well. Maybe you need um, some sort of spiritual support Is it a faith that you're missing out on? I had one client who came to me and, you know, had really kind of just a bit kind of lost his way, was feeling more stressed, anxious, was doing some more ruminating about stuff over the weekends, about his work and things like that. Was worried about the kind of stigma of things, didn't want to appear weak, you know. Um, These are all phrases that I hear from a lot of my clients. But when we talked about his support network, he identified that he'd actually, he'd stopped going to church. And it was the one place that he did at the weekend. It was like his quiet time and his time for reflection. So when we talked about his support network, he realized that his gap was missing there. And that was very helpful for him. For some people, that spiritual thing might be about meditation. It might be about a yoga practice. It might be about... Um, different ways, different kind of spiritual types of connections and things. So it's not a one size fits all. It's absolutely what is right for you. One of the uh, final areas really that I talk to people about is your community for support network. And this might be perhaps like where you go for support, such as the adoption support network that I had. And even the hypnotherapy group was a community of like-minded people. So it could be sport. My hubby has a great community support network that meet around the rugby all spectator, of course. And if that was missing because the sport spectatorship was stopped, wasn't it? And obviously, with him, obviously, regardless of the score, he often, <laughs> regardless of the score, he often feels great from spending time and seeing those people because they've got that commonality of the team and the sport and things. Or it might be some other community, you know, it might be about squash or tennis or football or anything else, right? It might be different levels of community stuff. And again, you know, that community bit might cross over with some faith or religion or church aspect. So can you see where there are different areas there that I talked about? So if we recap, there are family and friends, colleagues or co-workers, managers and leaders, mentors or coaches, spiritual or community networks. You know, many studies show that the primary factor of resilience is having a caring and supportive relationships within and outside the family. And relationships that create love or trust or provide role models or offer encouragement and reassurance often boost a person's resilience. And you can see where all of those different aspects kind of, I don't want to use the phrase tick boxes, but it does tick boxes, doesn't it? Um, 
for those different uh, groups of support that I, that I've mentioned. You know, one of the other things really is that loneliness can take its toll both on mental and physical well-being. So then again, having meaningful relationships through your support networks helps us to feel connected and valued, as well as being able to learn from each other and feel that we're not alone. And as a caveat around that, we can actually feel alone even when we're surrounded by people. Because that feeling alone is about feeling like nobody really understands, nobody gets you, nobody's on your wavelength. And that's really crucially important. So who is in your support network and what types of support could they offer you? Where have you got gaps? Where have you got things that are missing? If you're not getting the types of support that you need, consider where you can look for it and where it could come from. And as I said, this is one of the aspects that happens in all of my uh, workshops that I do whether they are the lunch and learns or the half day ones that I am just delighted to be back out and doing face to face some of those as well. There's a lot more organisations doing more developmental work now, which is absolutely brilliant. So if you are interested in anything to do with the mental health, the conversations to be able to support people like this um, in your workplace, the resilience, the stress management or if you are interested in coaching or want me to come and speak to your people, then do please get in touch with me. Drop me a message to emma at emmalankton.com. And finally, please do, if this has been valuable, please do go and leave a review. Share it with people that you think will be helpful, that somebody else that will get value from it, or even share it on your social media for me. And we can just get the message out there to be able to support more and more people through what has been quite a difficult time. So, I hope you have a wonderful week. And then I'll see you again in the next episode. Bye for now.